Hello and welcome back. It is episode three of the Masters Swimming Podcast. As ever, I'm your host, Joe Malone, and I am very pleased to be so indeed. Uh, this episode will be split into two parts. So in part two, I'll be checking in with Beth and Owen to see how they got on in their respective competitions this weekend just gone. Uh, if you haven't listened to episode two yet, I'd encourage you to do so to hear more about their competition plans. But joining me for part one today is a man who is so many things in the Masters Swimming community. He is the Cheshire County Rep, the Northwest Regional Rep, a member of the Masters Working Group and the coach at Trafford Metro. And on top of all that, he runs an open water swimming venue and delivers the Swimmingland coaching qualifications. It is, of course, Bob Bolton. Uh, Bob, I read somewhere recently that you uh, retired, but I'm not sure I believe you. <laughs> yeah, retired. Yeah, that'd be that would be a fine thing. I don't think I'm allowed to at the moment. It'd be nice one day, though, maybe. <laughs> well, thank you very much uh, for agreeing to come on the podcast. It's great to have you here. So I know, obviously, this weekend that you were part of the Cheshire Masters Sprint Meet. So I want to talk about that. And then we'll also talk about your role on the Masters Working Group. And then just a little bit about your journey through swimming over the, over the years. But first things first, uh, the Cheshire Masters Sprint Meet took place on Saturday in Stockport. How did it go? Yeah, it was really good. Fast and furious as as ever, because it is uh, essentially a sprint meet, but we put 400s into it probably about seven or eight years ago, maybe a bit longer now. You lose a couple of years with COVID. Um, so we've got 400 IM and 400 freestyle, um, right. which have, have proved to be really quite popular. Um, and particularly ever since we had qualifying times for, for nationals, because it's not always easy to get a 400 time anywhere. Mm. Um, obviously, we haven't got qualifying times this year but who knows that could change next year um so 400's great and then uh, everything else is 50s and we have the uh the, the not real race the 100 im as well <laughs> so it really is fast and furious and then we have all the, the relays at the end uh and i think everybody seemed to enjoy themselves oh i'm glad i'm glad so how many years roughly has this competition been running i would guess well in excess of 20 years yeah yeah i would guess so and how many years of how many years have you been sort of part of this now? Well, I've been I've been sort of running it um, for the last probably ten years. Is it something? It could be yeah, it could be nine or ten years. Um, prior to me doing it, it was Claire Dickinson. Um, yeah, so yeah, these years just fly by really. It just end <laughs> up uh, they're almost like dead man's shoes. Some of these jobs, and maybe that's not quite right. Maybe it should be that we uh, we put them up for a renewal on a three yearly basis. You know, organise it a bit better, so we have better um, better follow on. Really, you know, it's shouldn't just be left to one person. I mean, it, it works okay, but what's to say it couldn't work better if somebody else stepped in? So if anybody's out there who really wants to do it, <laughs> nice little plug. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Well, talk, talking about your role, then obviously I mentioned at the start all of the things that you're kind of involved in. What what is your what was your role on the day at, at the sprint meet? Were you the coach or were you lots of other things? No, I, I because essentially I put the the gala together, so I act as promoter on behalf of Cheshire um, Swimming and Water Polo Association. Um, so really. Whilst it would be quite nice to swim, uh, I don't think it's appropriate for me to be able to do that because if there was a problem the promoter's presence, then uh, I, I wouldn't be able to, to do both. So I just sort of sit back. Um, hopefully, I've covered all the bases beforehand so there aren't any problems to deal with. And if you, if you get it right as a promoter, then generally there's not much to deal with. 
Um, so I end up uh, just grabbing hold of the microphone and doing the announcing, which uh, we generally haven't got an announcer for. It's, it's always a struggle to get volunteers for lots of different jobs, so it was easy just for me to jump on the mic and just do a bit of announcing, really. Yeah. Well, what does it take to organise such an event? Because I'd imagine it's you know quite a few months in advance, and it's there's a lot of uh, a lot of admin to do. Oh yeah, yeah, there is. Um, the, the first thing is you've, you've got to book a pool. So once you've got your pool um, and you've agreed your price for it, then you've got to put an entry pack together. Um, and that has to be all encompassing because uh, your conditions have got to be spot on so that if there's any any disputes, any problems, you've got it all covered. So you've got to cover all the bases. Fortunately, there are sort of standard like templates out there and, and ours sort of runs year to year so it just gets tweaked every year uh, there's a couple of tweaks i'm going to make to, to the the program for next the next time um, so generally it's not too big an issue uh, so you need your conditions in place and then you need an entry system and we had a chap who used to do the the entry system for us for many many years and uh, but he's not been around for the last probably well since just before covid uh, but very fortunately, there's a guy called Jonathan Mills who uh, is based in the southeast region, and he has put together a computer program for an entry system, which is absolutely brilliant. Uh, and he's very, very generous in, in allowing us to use it. He helps us set up the, the meet. He does it for the northwest region meet as well. Uh, and that enables us really to, to capture all of the entries and all of the payments for the entries that go through PayPal. And the, the, the amount of, of power behind the system is incredible because it, it, there's, there's all sorts of access to, to stuff that you can you can draw down. I know exactly how many medals I need from the entries. I mean, it, it, it's a fantastic system and we are hugely indebted to Jonathan for that because um, he doesn't charge us a penny for it. Uh, so it's, it really is a, a major boon to us. So once you've got your entry system in place, uh, you've got your pool booked. You get the uh, get the announcement out there. You can put it onto um, onto the Swim England website, onto the the Masters uh, calendar, so people are aware of it out there. Because we do open it up. Uh, I try and give Cheshire swimmers uh, first dibs on on entries, so give them a few days grace uh, to get their entries in. Um, and then really, it's a bit the see the entries coming in and then keep an eye on things and then cut them off, cut each each event off as it needs to cut off so that we don't overrun. Uh, that really only leaves you then the, the job of pulling together a, a deck of officials. And that is proving to be more and more difficult these days because of, uh, it's, it's, I think it's, it's hard to back to COVID really, where the Masters community generally has not been particularly good at providing its own officials and it is very much reliant upon the age group swimmers' parents to, to come along and, and help out for us. So we, we are very lucky that we, we've got a lot of generous um, officials who will come out and support us. Uh, so we had a, we had a full, pretty much a full deck of officials out, which was a struggle to get there, but we got there in the end. Um, and then there's a few other volunteers that, that got stuck in helping out as lane marshals just to make sure the warm-ups ran smoothly. Um, so that pretty much is it. You know, there's a bit of announcing to go out on various um, social media platforms so that you people are aware out there. Uh, and then it's processing all of the emails that come in, the people who say, oh, I'm, I'm withdrawing. So you've got to pass those withdrawals through. There's one person who behind the scenes is hugely, hugely influential on the whole meet. Uh, it's a guy called Alistair Rainsbury, who is actually based at Stockport, and he operates the AOE. He sets up the uh, the sports system file for us that runs the gala. 
he's absolutely brilliant. He's he's a wizard. He really is. I mean, there's there's two or three guys that uh, that I work with on a regular basis at various meets, whether it's masters or for age group swimmers, and they are absolutely brilliant. There isn't anything they can't do. They solve problems for you instantly. Um, you know, if you say, "Oh, I haven't got any DQ forms," woof, bang, he'll he'll just find them off the internet. Bang, he's got them there, they're printed out. You know, oh, I need a record form for for, for a British record, and he'll wizard one of those up. Yeah. Uh, case in point, the, the the way he can react to situations is we had a problem with the blocks on um, on Saturday at Stockport because they've they've got new blocks that were installed, and uh, when they put them in, I don't think they'd uh, they'd used um, big enough fittings to uh, to keep them secure which they've got away with whilst they've been having uh, small kids uh, jumping off them but uh, as soon as you get some big masters units some powerful guys on there they started to, to move a little bit so we had one or two problems with blocks moving and uh, the referee wasn't comfortable with it i wasn't comfortable with it because it was an accident waiting to happen so we decided when it got to the um, the relays that we really needed to change things up a little bit so we had to split the relay entries into two which meant that we had two heats instead of one heat for certain events so we had to reconfigure the whole gala. So that means the sports systems file has to be changed up. The, the lane orders have to be changed up. And that's all has to be done through sports systems so that you can set it up to be able to draw the results down. And he did that probably in less than 10 minutes. Uh, and that, some people would just not have a clue how to do it. Course, but Alistair is absolutely brilliant. No, that that sounds great. And um, I completely agree with you. The, these volunteers are everything to us, aren't they? Because... We, we can't have competitions without them. So, uh, no, it so- sounds fantastic. Yeah. Everything you do as well sounds fantastic. Um, in terms of uh, volunteers, I mean, you've kind of answered the question anyway, but how many volunteers do you think are needed for such an event? So a regional event like that, do you, you know, would, would you say you need sort of 20, 30, maybe not quite that many? Well, the, the first thing that, that dictates the number of officials you need is the number of lanes that you've got. Um, you've got to have... Uh, let's make the, the distinction first of all that master swimming is not quite like age group swimming insofar as age group events have to have a license behind them masters events don't have to have a license that's a bit of a double-edged sword in a way because it means that you've got a bit more freedom to do what you want to do but on the other side of the coin you can't have uh, a time from a master's gala that could be used for somebody let's say for instance as a, um, an olympic qualifying time and this has happened um, but case in point, in 2015, Emma Gage went to the uh, the World Championships, the World Masters Championships in Kazan, which followed on from the World Championships in Kazan. Same deck of officials. Yeah. Uh, she got she she won the I think it was the 53 or the 50 fly. Uh, so she's World Champion, World Masters Champion, uh, 25 to to 29 years. The time that she got would have qualified her for the Olympic trials not accepted in the time really wow. so that is you know and it's a bit of a nonsense and there were lots of conversations that went on oh yes but it's a different set of rules well actually the rules are different yeah and the rule is you can do breaststroke leg kick on butterfly all the rest of the rules are the same i'm glad you said that because actually that that does kind of move us on to the next part which is i wanted to talk about the master's working group so i would therefore assume that with you being part of that group it's things like this that you could perhaps have an influence on in terms of trying to help rewrite some of the rules, maybe. Yeah, I, well, just harping back to the, to the officials side of things, which which is a part of, of what you're asking there, is that because it doesn't have to have a license, you can get away with having uh, a very weak pool deck. 
that I don't think that's acceptable, really. I would rather that we have, as a minimum standard, we, we ought to be aiming towards having license level four as our recommended standard. If you've got license level four, that means that you're going to have a referee, probably, uh, or at least uh, a J2S, a starter, who could act as referee. Yeah. Um, then you would have two stroke judges. You'd have uh, turn judges on each lane and then turn judges at the end. Maybe not over every lane, but you'd probably have one one over two or three lanes. Um, and that ought to be your minimum standard, really. So realistically, on an eight-lane pool, we would need probably 16 officials, 16, okay. 16 officials to be able to make it work really well. Um, obviously, if, if, if it's a 10-lane, you need an extra two. If it's a six-lane, you have two less. But really, particularly for a sprint meet, you need two referees because if there's an issue with, with, with something, the referee's got to deal with it, then there's a delay. So the next referee takes gets the next race going, um, deals with any DQs. So it, it, it can be that you get a fairly smooth running of the gala. Um, ideally, you'd want a finished judge as well. So you've got three results if you've got a, a finish that, that needs to be looked at because maybe the touch pads didn't work or the backups weren't in place. Um, you've had three finished judges so you can get a majority decision on what the finish order might be. Um, in an ideal world, you'd have a chief timekeeper, you'd have a chief turn judge. Yeah. Uh, these are all roles that would be ideal to have, um, but it's not always possible if you haven't got enough. So what we're looking at potentially as, as one of the, the jobs within the master's working group is possibly going to be to look at how we can encourage more people to get involved uh, as officials mm. for um, for meets and, and a, J, a J1 so that's the you, you do your timekeepers course or you, you can do your J1 and you, that can incorporate the timekeepers course you can do the two together really yeah um, and you can do the J1 on, online and a J1 is, is a hugely valuable person to have because you can put them in most places obviously you can't use them as a referee or a starter Stroke judges, not really, but you could at a pinch. But they could, they, they're useful at the turning ends. Yeah, uh, You need the numbers because you've got to have the same number as you've got lanes. So they're a really valuable asset to have. So if we, we ought to be looking at how we get more people involved volunteering to go to meet as, uh, as officials. Uh, and also I think we need to look at how we, we manage the deck of officials so that we get the standard raised yeah, I agree. It's it's difficult, isn't it? Because I suppose when you're a junior swimmer, it must be so much easier to get these volunteers because naturally their parents will come along. But of course, as a master swimmer, you can often travel on your own. Maybe your partner will come. Maybe your maybe your parents will come as well. But you know they they may have they may have done their volunteering when you're a junior swimming, so they don't really want to do it anymore. It's I can imagine it's a lot more difficult. Let's talk about the Masters Working Group then. Um, so my, my first question simply is, can you explain what the Masters Working Group is and, and kind of why it exists? Uh, well, it, the, the, the Masters Working Group has, uh, has a number of functions, um, one of which is to oversee the Swim England um, National Championships, which is our big competition in, uh, in, in October. Uh, we're also involved with uh, putting together the inter-counties competition, which happens in November, which um, is a really popular competition. Uh, so we review the, the conditions behind that. We look at tweaking the, uh, the programme a little bit. So that those are our two principal um, reasons to exist, really. Um, 
we're also involved with with a variety of other initiatives um, within swimming for for masters. So it's it's things like looking at this the way we officiate galas. That's something yeah. that's going to be on the on the agenda. Final question on the masters working group then. You've sort of talked about the the main things that you that you work towards, some other things that you want to bring to the table. Do you feel like the Masters Working Group is working? I think it's it's early to say yet. I mean, we um, we've got a new process in place. Uh, there's there's new terms of reference, and whilst it's not a, a particularly massive document, it took a very very long time and an awful lot of people putting the two penneth in to get that uh, terms of reference document in place so that it was working. Um, once that was in place, there's, there's then a process of how we identify who is going to be elected onto the working group, because in the past it's been done by people who have been in post for a long time. And this harps back to what I said from the outset. And the people who, who have been involved for a long time have done a fantastic job with Master Summon. They've really yeah. helped put it on the map. Um, and it's got to the point now where it's it's grown so much that it, it probably needs a better process in place to make sure that there is succession and that there are tasks that's, that are dealt with uh, ongoing, that um, that you have a committee to, to, to work on, on these things and progress things. I mean, everything's worked great in the past, but we've put this, this new structure in place and now we've got to prove that it works. Let's talk about your journey through swimming. Clearly, uh, the amount of things that you that you currently do says that you're very passionate about swimming. So, when, when did you start swimming? Were you a very young junior? Yeah, or were you I was. Um, I think I did my first strokes in an open air swimming pool in Cornwall in 1964, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, came home, uh, joined a swimming club, joined Stretford Swimming Club in 1965, and um, been a member of a swimming club pretty much on and off ever since. Yeah. Yeah, Stopped in the teens because I, I really wanted to play golf, so I let, I let golf uh, take over. Uh, but, of course, you get sucked back into it again, and so I got sucked back into swimming, and then uh, I got uh, ended up having children with the family, and then they got involved, and it, it just – it's one thing or another. It just keeps you, keeps you within the sport. So I've, I've been in and out on that process with family, with businesses, and uh, yeah. It, but it's that start off at a young age and stay with it. Do you still swim now? I do, yes. I've been in this morning. I was in the in the pool this morning, got early morning training. It's the only time I can train because uh, my wife my wife and I share the master's uh, coaching. She does the, the morning sessions. She coaches the morning sessions, uh, and I swim those, and I coach all the evening sessions, and uh, she can swim those. Although she's invariably in a lake somewhere. That sounds brilliant. And but what made you want to get into coaching in the first place? I think it's probably because uh, I, I think I've got a bit of an aptitude for it. Yeah. Um, I quite like to be able to give back all the time, and it's easier to give back as a coach than it is as a swimmer, particularly if you're not a great swimmer. Because I was I was never particularly good. I was bang average really. Uh, I recognise that, um, but I get in and I compete against myself. But really, I think my strength is more as a as a coach. Yeah. Um, and it, it it's a different kind of pleasure. You know, it, it's not as painful, although it can be at times. <laughs> um, but when you when you see a pool full of swimmers who are all working really hard, 
pulling together a great team, uh, it, it just fills me with pride that, to know that I've had some influence over that process and that I can help the, uh, some of those swimmers in some small way to to them fulfilling their goals and, uh, and meeting their ambitions. Uh, and I've been blessed with some incredible swimmers over the years uh, and still am. It's, it's a fantastic uh, team that we've got together. Well, that sounds great. It sounds like you do an awful lot for Trafford Metro and for the Master Swim community as a whole. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast this week. It was great to meet you, first and foremost, uh, and also great to hear your story. And I really hope that all of the Master's Working Group work that you're doing uh, comes to fruition. Uh, that would be obviously fantastic. There's so much more that we can talk about, given all of the work that you do. So we'll definitely get you back on the show soon. But thank you very much uh, for all your time. And it's good to meet you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And now for part two, uh, I'm joined by Beth and by Owen to check in after their competitions this weekend. Uh, Beth, you flew in from the US on the morning, I believe, and went straight into the pool to compete. And I remember you saying last week that your your goal was to turn up, race, and then fall straight to sleep. Now, did that happen? <laughs> it happened. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so I had like basically no sleep overnight on the plane because actually going from Boston to Manchester is actually not that far so I didn't get a lot of sleep overnight and then I just got in swam as fast as I could and basically fell straight asleep for about 11 hours straight afterwards <laughs> so it was pretty good actually pretty good pretty good for that how, so, how, are you fe- how are you feeling now so we're recording this on Monday sort of two days after you competed uh rubbish <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the mornings of the mornings at the minute, like any time before two o'clock is extremely difficult. And so how did you get on in the competition and how many races did you do in the end? And did you, you know, how, how did you feel like it went? Yeah, so I think um, I think I was fairly stupid in the fact that I entered like five individuals because I just thought like, yeah, it'll be fine. Um, and like I think after the 100 IM, I was like dying. And then I had like two relays. So I did seven events in the space of about three and a half hours. Um, nice. They got progressively worse, <laughs> and um, but it was fine. Like, I had loads of fun. wasn't expecting anything, so I just got off a plane and was very jet lagged and had done no training for quite a while. So I was happy with it overall. So, what, yeah. what, so what, what races did you actually do then? So I did four fifties and a hundred IM. So I did all the strokes, and then for the relays, I did an extra fifty fly and an extra fifty free. Brilliant, brilliant. Any any in particular that you were really happy with? Um, I think by the by the seventh race so by the by the 53 I would kind of had got it got the mojo and like got the takeover and I think because I was so tired I just wasn't thinking about my turn I was just thinking about being able to like survive every event so um by the kind of last event I'd pretty much got my turn and my finish nailed (laughs) so that was good nice and how about you Owen so so you took part this weekend in the Kent championships the sprint championships uh, and you said you were doing seven races as well How, how did they go yeah, they went really well. Um, I did two 100s, three 50s, two relays, and yes, tiring day. And, and at the end of it, I was in I was in a bad place. <laughs> I was I was in Gillingham, so we we quickly got in the car, raced <laughs> back to Tunbridge Wells to safety. So, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was a good competition. Um, some really good teams. There was Erif, and there's a new team. Um, kind of a, a new Medway team there. There's Dover, Tombridge, Seven Oaks. So yeah, good local teams. And um, I haven't done it for a, probably about three years now. So it's it's interesting to see who comes back within your kind of age category. 
Um, and yeah, it's quite an efficient event. At Black Lion's kind of a good pool for competitions. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed racing. And uh, yeah, we, we had um, a bit of trouble with our coach. He got locked in at a car park overnight. Um, but we think it was set up by some rival Masters swimmers, I think. <laughs> probably um, probably yeah, he, he got back to the car and, and he said he could smell chlorine leucosade and talcum powder so it, oh, it sounds yeah. like a rival masters gang i think yeah it <laughs> so, sounds very much like a, a swimming event as well the, the type of smell that you tend to get <laughs> yeah. um, did you have any any particular races that that you were pleased with yeah i think backstroke um i'm getting better and better at it each time i compete uh, for some reason i was uh, i think i kind of change strokes every few years but yeah really good on the backstroke turns and um yeah, I felt really fast at that actually. So that went really well. Great. And I remember you saying um, that you were you've been a lot stricter with your diet. So it was two donuts instead of three. Did uh, did, did you feel like the donuts really powered you through? No, it wasn't actually them. It was um, the cinnamon cinnamon buns actually that uh, pushed me through there. So uh, yeah, yeah, that extra power got got me uh, through the day. But yeah, no, it was a good good weekend and. Um, yeah, probably have some downtime and then look to the autumn for another event. It's funny because, um, you know, j- joking aside with the whole donuts and cinnamon buns thing, our coach is actually not a great advert for for food, is he? Because he tends to bring a packet of sausage rolls and a full, <laughs> bottle, and a full bottle of ketchup. And that is <laughs> essentially his food for the day. Um, so um, you can't really have any complaints yeah. if we do start turning up with cinnamon buns and uh, donuts, in fairness. How, how about you, Beth? Uh, did the did the old Trek bars get you through the jet lag? No, because I was so unprepared that I didn't go to the shops to get anything. <laughs> so I was just running on, like, Lucasane Sport. And then I'd had, like, four hours before, I'd had this, like, huge bowl of pasta. So it was, uh, was not nutrient-fueled, really. But, uh, you know, it was it was about survival. It was yeah. about survival, so yeah. <laughs> I spoke to uh, to Bob in uh, in part one, and he did mention um, that whilst it was a great event, lots of good people, lots of good swimmers, some great times. There were one or two issues. Um, one being the 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 new blocks that they'd had installed weren't quite fitted properly. Did you actually have direct experience of, of that being a problem? Oh my god, yeah, it was it was kind of an issue. So. Yeah, I remember like as the relay started, um, my friend Louisa like jumped in for her backstroke leg and she um, like pulled on it and the block just swiveled. And then we had to like, there was a massive delay. They had to like basically change all of the heat seeding. So we didn't use the blocks. And then even when I got on to like dive in with some of my individuals, I can kind of remember like the block being on a bit of an angle and wasn't like parallel to the pool side. And uh it actually, I don't think any of them were really that stable. So when I dived off in a relay, I sort of dived off in a, at an angle. Um, and so I kind of felt my body like go like a bit of a banana shape. Oh, God. But, you know, it's all part of the fun, right? Yeah. So but I mean, it's, it's just as well there were no injuries or, or, or even, yeah. you know, somebody diving into the to the wrong lane, for example. That, that could have been a real issue, couldn't it? Yeah. Also, you could like really injure your, I think, I don't know if it was related to the blocks, but I know my one of my friends that like, he did a dodgy takeover and kind of like scraped the whole top of his foot. And I'm not sure if that was because he was going from behind the ledge on the block or whether it was because the block had like turned and he'd kind of fell. But yeah, 
couple of a uh, couple of mishaps. Yeah, I guess these things can can often happen, can't they? But you know, again, talking to Bob earlier about organising competitions and the work that goes in, um, it sounds like there's so much that you know you have to consider, and and sometimes these things happen, don't they? That you know you, you you can try and make contingencies but you don't really expect the blocks to be a problem you'd expect them to be you know just just as they always were and Owen going to the Kents one of the great things about competitions in the last few years is that you can you can see the live results come through now on your phone there's obviously a system that was brought in a few years ago how how do you find that now because I you know I do remember it wasn't that long ago that you'd have to go to the little board where they print out the, the results, but you'd maybe have to wait an hour or two, but you can now get it so quickly on your phone. Is that, did you find yourself sort of keep refreshing the page? Yeah, that's it. One one guide um, actually bought the full version of the app. A lot of us will just get the cheap version, but yeah, there's one guy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're all checking the results on his phone. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's great because then you've got the actual time, placings, and um, yeah, that was really useful. And yeah, it's kind of the, the way forward, as you say, rather than waiting a couple of hours for a paper-based printout and, you know, all kind of crowding around there, squinting at it. So, yeah, it's all, yeah, you can uh, analyse it and, and you've got it all in one place. And so, yeah, it's, it's quite a good app actually for, for the events, definitely. Yeah. And what about filming the races? Because I know, again, we've got a couple of people in our club that always bring an iPad, don't they? And we, we try and always film the races. I personally find that really useful. I find it really useful just to see, sometimes i feel like a turn is is good but then actually i watch it back and i think oh i'm you know i'm coming far too close to the wall there and i perhaps didn't realize it did, did people film your races and, and do you find that useful owen yeah definitely yeah one guy's set up um, a youtube channel so we all kind of look on there after the competition and he's uh yeah it's relays and it's um i think yeah i think the relays can be hard because there's a lot of splashing so you're kind of working out who's who <laughs> but yeah. um yeah it's useful yeah and then yeah because as you say you don't really know what you look like and um you get feedback but then yeah you can look at it back and um kind of analyze your stroke and any improvements you could make is that something that you do in training, Beth? Do you, is, is there ever a camera out for, for training to work on certain things? Because that's not something that we have. So races is the only time I ever get to see myself swim, really. Yeah, sometimes. So we do we do kind of two speed sessions on a Thursday and a Sunday. And sometimes I think when we come towards like a big competition, sometimes, you know, we do get kind of the camera out, look at people's starts and turns and like breakout as well. I think breakout is such a, a one that's like not looked at enough because I think my breakout is atrocious at the best of times. Um, and I think that can just it can really give you so much momentum when you're going in when you're in a race like you, if you have a good breakout you fly and it feels really really good so yeah sometimes it comes out it, we mostly film in competitions um on saturday there was a bit of filming but um the like events were going so fast that wasn't it wasn't everyone because it was only a couple of heats of everything and we were just like consistently going round like to the blocks swim get out swim down four lengths yeah get out repeat rinse and repeat so yeah um sometimes at training mostly at competitions but it's a good thing to try and implement as well and kind of think for the future i definitely think it's um worth investing in for, for a club because i have to say you mentioned breakouts there that's the biggest thing that our, so our coach has been he took over his coach about three years ago i think wasn't it owen and that's the thing that's improved in my in my swimming the most especially on my freestyle is my breakout because that's something he really spotted in me and it's something that i really i'm really conscious of now when i 
you know, even in training, um, but certainly in racing, I think that's definitely contributed to to swimming a bit faster. And like you say, momentum is everything, isn't it? Off that first length. How about you, Erin? Any um, anything in particular from the weekend in terms of your style or technique that you feel like you maybe want to work on now? I think it's sometimes uh, your kind of tactics for a race. I, I usually do go off quite fast, um, and it actually I had, had enough. Um, energy to kind of maintain that in the race but sometimes I get the tactics wrong go out too hard and you're kind of just trying to stay in there with the others and you know when they're coming back so um but it's something I've always done from like a junior so it's quite hard for me to slow down it's like any kind of water I'm in I'm you know if I'm getting in the shower I'm really fast you know washing my face really fast I just any water it just yeah it's just <laughs> need to slow down Uh, (laughs) that sounds like you do well well done to you both and thank you again for coming on this week's podcast it's always a real pleasure speaking to you i really feel like we're getting a good good little community of people now which is which is fantastic stay tuned for next week's episode as we hear from a world record holder thank you very much